Beckham saw Sullivan off his line. A poor clearance, Maradona with Shilton. Look like handball that. Maradona celebrating, and the goal's going to be given. Beckham, there's an empty net. Kevin Hartman is in a race to get back. Beckham is going to try it over the halfway line, and he is going to hit an empty net. What a goal from David Beckham! The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week we've handled more big scoops than Bryn Gordon's diamond-encrusted bra, covering news on the Socceroos, the Hyundai A-League and international football. What was that? She was that, <laughs> she was that bird at the um, AFL Awards with the boobs. Oh, okay. So we handled the scoops. Right, yeah, bra. yeah, I've yeah. got it. You get good. it? Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm Paul Hansford, Editor-in-Chief of 442, and this week I'm joined by publisher Andy Jackson Hello. and Deputy Trevor Trahan. Hello. I, I, I was waiting for you to insult me in some way. That's what I mean. Before we just get into it, can we just clarify the rumour that was doing the rounds last week, which I didn't buy into for a minute, but Trev started it, which was the dust storm mm. that engulfed Sydney that emanated in WA. Was that caused by the stampede of your feet for another free breakfast? Because it's only... <laughs> I heard that it was Trevor shaking out his tidy whities after a day at the or, beach. Or his wallet. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> one of the two. Um, but anyway, on to the football, which is why we're all here for. Uh, we're going to go back and uh, do a review of the last round, all the weekend's games. First up was uh, Newcastle Jets against Perth Glory. What do we think of that one, boys? Probably another game the Jets will consider themselves unlucky to lose. Um, Stajowski did his best to miss his second penalty of the season, whacked it against the underside of the bar, but um, he managed to hold it together. He didn't do the hands to the head and then ooh, got away with it. Um, I've got to mention the crowd. It's a big what topic. Crowd? It's a big yeah. topic now, though, isn't it? Less than 5,000, you know. I mean, it was a poor week all round, and we've obviously covered that on the website this week. But, um, but yeah, it's difficult to know. And we, if the Jets keep losing, you can't really see more people coming. But wh- where are the where are the six, seven, eight thousand fans who were there this time last year? Is football a fair weather fan game? You know, because obviously the Jets aren't doing well. But I, th- I think it's loads of reasons. Um, one that's come up a lot with that game, and I don't, I hate blaming bad A-League attendances on the AFL and the rugby because I think it, it needs to find its you know, sort of own place in the game but that did clash directly um, with the Parramatta finals game so I, th- I think that they would have lost a few people there but I don't think it's one reason I think it's loads and loads of different things I think you know the you know, financial crisis I think ticket prices going up um, other codes I think the novelty factor has gone down a little bit I just think it's, it's loads and loads of tiny things that are knocking off a few hundred people here and there mm. What about Perth what's making them play so well is uh, you know, is it Mitchie's tactics? So I was going to say, I thought Perth were awful. Yeah, um, I'm not sure they are playing well. Yeah. I think Dave Mitchell himself's come out and said that he thinks they've been pretty lucky the last two weeks. But I think he's been quite clever with that because he, he's sort of taken the pressure off his team a bit. Yeah. Because the team know that they've probably got away with a couple of results that they didn't deserve. And the coach is going, yeah, we're going to be top by the weekend. It puts pressure on them. So I think he's been quite clever with that. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they have been playing especially well. I think. Um, Certainly against Brisbane, they were, they were the beneficiary of, of some awful mistakes. So, but, you know, they're up there, which is good, you know, and, and good for the league because we need a strong Perth glory. I, I think, you know, the reason the Jets didn't score there, obviously they're, they're missing both Rooney and Hoffman, who are um, 
wasting their time in Egypt, so they didn't have as much uh, firepower as, as perhaps they normally would have, and it showed they just couldn't do anything in the final third, and, and Perth got away with it. Yeah. I think Bran- Branco's acknowledged that by obviously signing Bridges this week. Michael yeah. Bridges back, so yeah, that'd be good to see. I, I like Michael Bridges when he was here before. He was a good player, intelligent player, um, so I think he might give him that cutting edge up front. That spark, yeah. yeah. Gold Coast against Melbourne victory, uh, an entertaining and uh, controversial end to the game as well. But before we get to that, um, Carlos Hernandez, what, what a fantastic goal. Cracking goal, could have fit into any league that goal, couldn't it? And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily anything new from him. He's one of the few players in the league that you would expect to, to do that. But, I mean, it's another result that perhaps, you know, the scoreline doesn't tell you the full story of the game. I think, you know, Gold Coast would tell me were, were probably unlucky. And I'm right in saying Clive Palmer still paid them their win bonus. Yeah. So <laughs> sending out a statement uh, there. But, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's another loss for the Gold Coast, you know, regardless of how they played and what have you. The other thing, the thing that obviously the retaking penalty caused caused a bit of controversy, and Joel Porter came out in the, the mix zone afterwards, said he'd never seen it before. And the wonders of the internet, someone on one of the forums, I know it was our forum, or had actually done some digging and cut an excerpt out from a Hartlepool match report about four years ago when Joel Porter retook a penalty himself and scored it. <laughs> Excellent. So, love the selective memory of footballers. So where do we stand on that, boys? Like, where, what, like do, what do we think? Does the referee wrong in that, or was it, he it, right? It's strange. Or? It's one of those rules, like a lot of rules in sport, that uh, exist, but you don't often see it enforced. Uh, yeah. Really, he's right. You don't really see many of them. And then we saw two of them in the space of three days because there was another one in the, the under-20... Yeah, yeah, the young, the young soccer roots. Yeah, it's, 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 one of those, it's also one of those things Things that happens a lot, like yeah. encroachment happens a yeah. lot, just like the keeper moving a lot. You know, the keeper's not supposed to move forward off his line, but most keepers will take one step forward, which the referees seem to let them get away with. It's when they take two steps forward, they then potentially make them take it again. But if you freeze framed most penalties in any standard of football, I guarantee that there would be players who have put one foot inside the area, which is encroachment and it should be taken again I think but the it, reason, never, it never gets enforced I think so. the reason they do it and I can understand if he asked him to retake the penalty if the goalie had a save there and it rebounded to the defender who cleared it mm. and then that's a clear advantage to someone who encroached well, once the ball's been blazed over the bar there's no reason to he's missed it he didn't miss it because of the encroachment but again by the letter of the law it should be retaken People, yeah. you know, players are not allowed to enter so I guess he's seen it out, out the corner of his eye and he was blatantly in the box so whether yeah. he's seen it and decided before Muscat's taken the penalty that he's going to blow for that yeah, so. so you think the referee was right in doing it? By the letter of the law he was right but like I say you don't see many referees yeah. pick up on encroachment so. What do you think Trev? Are you, uh, I think it's, I think it's with harsh With or against the ref? Um, oh it's such a great area isn't it because it is Against? It is yeah always against the ref but no it is one of those areas that perhaps you know you, it's not going to be the same rule across every game mm. across the world. It's, it's kind of you know d- down to what the ref wants to do, and he's probably can protect himself by saying, "Well, that, those are the rules, and we stuck to them." But they always do that, don't they, refs? He sh- in the, from now on, we should watch every game he referees, and he should stick to the letter of law. Peter, in every well, single Peter Green, in, your, in every your card is marked. Well, what will be interesting will be to see whether other referees start enforcing it in the A League because he has. Yeah. Whether the you know the, the head of the referees uh, you know says. Because we've set that precedent, we have to live up to that now. So you need to keep your eye on encroachment. So yeah. that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, um, off the high horse and back down to the ground with, uh, with, a, with a smash with Wellington against Central Coast. Two goose eggs. Uh- 
Um, was it interesting? Gosh. I didn't know. There's no way I was going to watch that one. Sorry. I watched it. I watched wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. Fellas. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> the worst game. It was a bit windy, which I think played a bit of havoc. The the, the interesting thing I love watching this game was Paul Eiffel. Mm. He was clearly injured. Yeah. And it was a bit like the 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 night in um, Monty Python, where every time <laughs> he went, every time he went near the ball, he went down injured, and you thought he's got to come off now and then the next minute he's running for the ball again <laughs> shoots injured he's got to come off now surely it's like I suppose just a flesh wound that's good isn't it I mean dedication yeah, shows he's, that still he, he's up for it um, especially you know an import coming in as well he, he's a little bit greedy at times though I don't you yeah, think yeah no he can be yeah but you know the Mariners went there didn't concede tough place to go so I think was it four four goals they've conceded in eight games yeah I mean Wellington have also kind of that record now isn't it 10 unbeaten at home and it's one of those really deceptive records isn't it unbeaten but they haven't really won that many of the no, games and drawn, scored that many goals drawn 5 of 8 I yeah think and that's is, why they, you know, they find themselves uh, down in 8th so yeah. that, that was the one draw out of the 5 you tipped Trev yeah last week oh come on I didn't put it on <laughs> you didn't put the money on no I didn't put the money oh, on there you go um, then moving on Brisbane Roar against Sydney FC on, on last Sunday Again, a disappointing crowd, very disappointing crowd for, for that game. Brisbane ran out the winners with a goal five minutes from time from Sergio Van Dijk. Pretty, yeah, I'm, pretty pretty decent game. No, it was. And Sydney, in patches, played probably some of the best football of the season. I thought there was so, they seem they seem to be starting to get that interplay between the sort of midfield and the. Um, and the attack um, Bridges had a, Mark Bridge had a couple of good chances that he'd probably look at and think he should have done better particularly the one where he was clean through and, and hit it over the bar that was the end of a really good move but um, you know Sydney have been undone by a bit of a late sucker punch really you know just not picking up Craig Moore's run at the back there were actually two players at the back yeah. that could have got to that guy headed it back across so yeah I think they'll, I think they'll be disappointed to have lost the points but the results everywhere else or went for them you know so they've not really lost any ground they're still joint top so they'll probably you know if you're the coach you'll say look we've got away with that you know we've lost the game but we've not lost any ground so let's learn from that let's look at what we did well and let's put it right on Monday at home to the Mariners which you know I think that that's got the the potential to be a good game I I was going to say I think Brisbane are kind of happy that they're kind of playing out in Gold Coast shadow aren't they because Brisbane are playing you know some decent football and getting the results Mm. but they're not getting the kind of press or the hype that you know Gold Coast or Melbourne as defending champions I think Farina would like it that way wouldn't he yeah perhaps I mean that's a good result because they're quite a few players missing like we were saying last week through injury in the, the under-20s World Cup I thought with Sydney I thought they really missed Aloisi I've not said that many times but I think Bridge, Brosk and uh, Corica are all quite similar players in, you know in a good way they're, they're good players but you know when they sort of surge forward together they seem to be missing that, that guy in the middle to hold it up and you know they, they broke away a few times and there was no one in the middle and they just had to go for goal and it you know was only really a half chance in the end so if he's back this weekend I think that'll be for, for the Monday game that'll be important from. I think Mark Bridge has probably done enough. I'd like to actually see if Alois is fit. Um, obviously, they're not going to have Dan in, but you know, Avalowisi is the point with Bridge playing just behind in the role that Corrick has been playing. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that would be interesting to see that from the start. Yeah. And the final game of the weekend was North Queensland Fury against Adelaide in Townsville. Uh, late run by Adelaide, two goals uh, pretty late into the second half. The last one, you know, with two minutes of extra time, but. Deserved win for Adelaide United against North Queensland? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, we were all getting revved up for 
Fury's first win at home and they, they sort of disappointed a little bit I thought but Adelaide played well um, two sort of sucker punch goals um, and a good good away result you know a difficult place to go up there um, you know instant, another sort of pretty average crowd up there you know so you, you, I think they need to start winning a couple of games at home to try and uh, engage that crowd up there yeah, um, yeah I, I, end of a bad week really for the Fury wasn't it losing the investor and then you know losing a game that perhaps some people thought they could win um, Adelaide a little bit back to the, the old Adelaide we used to and I think Matthew Leckie who came on he's only a young lad and he scored a cracking goal so mm. I not mind seeing more of him I think the, the funny thing is is that even though Queensland are rooted to the bottom of the table and they're only two wins away from a playoff spot. Six the only two wins is the problem though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so. true. But when you look at it in those terms, they get a run of form just like the A-League in any season before that. Mm. Team starts winning three or four games on, on the trot or picking up some points. They're, they're right back in with a shout. And, so. and, and they're a new side as well. And, you know, it's, it's a cliche we say so many times when we're coming on the A-League, but when they start gelling a little bit more, then they might pick up some more results. Yeah. I think as well, the, the, the big miss for them, we talked about him in the, the podcast last week, was Talley, still not still not back in the side when he's played he's, they, he's sort of pulled it together a bit I think and yeah. he's yeah, even though he, he, he's an older player he's still got that ability to pick the pass which when you've got Fowler making the runs that he's making when Talley's not there I don't think that they've got the, the, the capability in midfield to unlock the defence yeah well that's all he needs to do though isn't it really he doesn't need to be that mobile as long yeah. as he can pull the strings yeah. which is quite strange when you think Fowler too less less mobile than they used to be but even just on you know half of what they've got was, they make the team well work. you look I mean you look at um, Charlie Miller you know for Queensland you know and, he was and by his own ambition not the most mobile players but he's he's so involved for someone who's not the quickest player mm. because his intelligence of where to be and to make himself available to receive the ball get rid of it and he you know he doesn't take on players he just gets the ball and plays it simple and as a result he ends up being on the ball more than some of these lads that are running around at a million miles an hour it's just that that intelligence within the game to know where you should be to receive it and and Talley's got that as well so I'm looking forward to seeing Talley come back for Fury because they when he when they started picking up and getting the results was, was coincided when he came into the side because he missed the first few games as well so mm. well great stuff lads that was a review of round eight that's all we've got time for in this uh, section but join us afterwards as we'll be looking at all the news from the week from our website score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker it's the football quiz for the football know-it-all QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final the winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the grand final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA for World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart
part of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Welcome back to the 442 Insider and in part two we're going to have a look at some of the best news stories from our website au.442.com from the week just gone but before that we're going to have a chat about the young Socceroos lost their first game 2-1 at the hands of the Czech Republic a couple of days ago and overnight um, lost again lads didn't they? Yeah they did Um, I mean it was 3-0 in the end probably I mean that that flat of Costa Rica um, there was certainly some improvements from the first game um, in the ball retention and the movement but um, you know it's still not what everyone had hoped for not what the players were talking about achieving certainly not what the coach was talking about achieving um, and yet again as with the Olympics you know the promise has been um, let down with the delivery um, yeah, Minicon sending off. I mean, the first thing that they've got to try and do to have any chance against Brazil is keep 11 players on the park because for the second time they're down to 10 men. Um, and I do think that, you know, not persecution sort of theory, but, you know, Australia has a reputation for playing physical football. And it doesn't matter whether they're going out there and trying to play a different sort of brand of football, that's in the referee's mind. And certainly you look at the sending off today, and if Minicom was sent off for that, the Costa Rican player should have gone as well because the Costa Rican player kicked out of Minicom first and Minicom reacted and it's Minicom that gets sent off. Mm. You know, so... So I think there's, there's some issues there with the discipline, obviously, um, that they need to sort out. They can't react. You know, they need to sort of rein themselves in a bit. Um, but it's not a position you want to be in, is it? Played two, lost two, and third game against Brazil. Yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be tough. I suppose I was watching it thinking, you know, are there any lads here that could make the World Cup? Because it's a World Cup year, and you know, they're not that young. They're certainly at an age that players have gone to the World Cup before, and you can't really see anyone out of that crop coming through. I suppose a comment some people make it at this level, you know, do the results really matter? Are these going to, you know, because these guys have done badly, are they not going to be future Socceroos? Well. I've done some research. Oh, really? You looked at the 95 side. I knew the stats were sorted. Now, what I looked at was, you know, the 99 side that didn't get out of their group. And the team that lined up against Ireland and got smashed 4-0 had Brett Emerton, Colosimo, Kleiner, Grella, Bresciano and Sajowski. So a good, strong team. A lot of guys that, you know, went on to to become Socceroos and regular Socceroos. If you look at 2003, which is more of a successful campaign, um, you know, we got out of our group that had the checks in we beat Brazil you know 3-2 if you look at that team you know Wayne Heath Alex Wilkinson you know Brosk McKay Dance uh, Dustin Wells Michael Thwaite you know that's not a team that went on mm. and became successful soccerers yet it was a team that went to the youth championships as it was then and did well so you know make that what you will but I think it generally says that I wouldn't get too upset by the results of what happens at this tournament because it's not proven to, to make or break footballers in the past. I think mm. it's all about 
the individual player and what they'll take from this experience and whether they kick on or not, whether they learn from it, etc. Whether they whether they come back thinking I can't play at the highest level because I've just gone to an under twenty World Cup and and you know not performed. Whereas the Grellers and the Emertons, when you meet those guys, you know how single minded they are, yeah. and they would have come back and seen that as a challenge to say, right, now I'm going to become a full international and come up against those guys again and show them I'm a better player than that. Yeah. I think what was interesting is that. Um, They've obviously been coached in the new Dutch system and they're trying to play that. And, and in a lot of cases, that, that will not be what they've been coached up until two years ago. Um, and he, you know, in, in a lot of instances, the mistakes and the breakdowns in play was not through, them, through the system and not through the movement. It was just, again, what we talked about, the lack of basic technical ability, controlling and passing, especially against the Czech Republic. The difference in the first touch and the movement and the, t- the ability to play a ball 10 yards and then move and get it back was where we just was so lacking against the Czech Republic. It was better against um, Costa Rica. I thought Kantorowski had a really good game. I thought Aaron Moy played well. Um, Danin has, has looked you know, a bright spot and lively as we know he is. Interesting enough, he hasn't looked as good in the under-20 World Cup as he has in the A-League, so I don't know what that says. But, but there were some players that, that did uh, have sort of um, not done themselves any favours, their reputation any favours over this. So. Mm. I suppose that some of our readers' comments were interesting, that they were really, really positive about us you know, losing 3-0 um, overnight, which is a little bit surprising. And I just wonder, you know, if Graham Arnold or Andrew was in charge of that team, would they be slating them? Because they seem to have, you know, a Dutch guy that looks a bit like a die-hard baddie, then we just assume he knows what he's doing. But... Yeah. You know, still not a good result, is it? Well, it's not all doom and gloom. I think you guys had a nice five-minute conversation when I had a power nap about whether or not the Australia could still qualify after being Brazil five or six nil or something. So it's uh, yeah, we didn't land on that one. Yeah, so. and bear in yeah. mind that was it Brazil beat Costa Rica five nil already. Yeah. yeah, and I think not Czech Republic have beaten Brazil. Let's not get into it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think the interesting is, is that they, you know, interestingly enough. This second game, having lost their first, you know, I think what I think maybe why there was so much to take out of this was that the temptation as a player, even if your coach is telling you otherwise, when you know you have to win, is to go out and play that sort of direct win at all cost football, which they didn't do. You know, so in, in a way, maybe now we can see the true ability of these boys. Like in the last game when to a degree the pressure's off because they're not going to qualify they're not expected to qualify they're going to go up against some of the best nations in the world and can go out and enjoy it and actually play with a little bit of freedom that they probably haven't had in the first mm-hmm. two games so you know, maybe there'll be, some, there'll be opportunity to, uh, to, to spring a surprise I doubt it but we'll see yeah. Well moving on uh, we've got some other news stories to cover and a uh, story that was broken by Aidan our uh, chief writer on the website it was an interview with uh, Nick Theodorakopoulos I said that properly and uh, Trevor looks suitably impressed with yeah. that um, and the main crux of his conversation with Aidan was that um, the A-League needs to institute uh, a relegation and promotion with uh, uh, another league probably the state league state leagues around the country and he's saying that in order for, for clubs to survive there's got to be a, a relegation and promotion system in in Australia do we think that's a good idea Trev or do you think it's going to come in the next few years or is expansion more important it, it's great in principle I'd probably rather see some sort of FA, FFA Cup before seeing a relegation thing but I do think that you know everyone might agree with me but I think the FFA wrongly 
prioritise the youth league and the W League ahead of getting an F. I think that was more important to you know develop this top tier and then concentrate and everything you know below it after. Um, it's just one of those things that it's the logistics of how it's going to work in you know dispersed population and how, you know we're struggling with crowds already. You know what if the Jets or the Mariners get relegated? Mm. Then, you know then how are they going to keep things together? So there's a lot that needs to be ironed out before we do it. He makes a good point, Andy, where he says that you know like near the end of the season, you know Fox Sports would be champing at the bit with you know relegation games and uh, bringing in some new teams and a bit of a new spark that's, that's probably the most compelling argument in this yeah I mean absolutely I, you know I think if, if you asked any football fan or if you asked anyone at the FFA and said you know in an ideal world would you like a two-tier competition with promotion and relegation everyone would say absolutely yes but it's like that isn't going to happen you know for the foreseeable future you know the FFA have just spent what 18 months two years to try and find a bid worthy of being in the top flight in the biggest football heartland in the country you know and so to talk, then talk about a second tier and I just think that the, the, the administration of the state league clubs and, and sorting that out is, is going to be too difficult for, for the next couple of years at least mm. um, I agree with Trev I think the, the toe in the water and something that would, would create huge if not just as much um, you know, interest and TV ratings would be to see some of the old NSL teams given the chance to have a crack at the A-League teams in, in a cup competition. You know, and that, that, to me, is the, is the obvious next step. And also, it's a, it's a lower-risk opportunity for the FFA to welcome back some of those old clubs to the fold a little bit. I think it's a great, great idea, and I don't understand why they haven't done it. But could one of the reasons why they haven't is because the interest in it would be so high and because the finals format of the A-League ends in a grand final... You know, is, is there a worry that the, the the final of this FFA Cup would be more popular or more anticipated than the grand final itself? Yeah, and the other thing, obviously, you've got is that the seasons are out of sync. You know, the, the obviously the state leagues are a winter league, but what you could potentially have would be the form in the pre-season mm. for the A League. So there could be a knockout on as the the state leagues come off their seasons. They then the top state league teams go into a knockout tournament with the A League clubs, and that forms pre-season. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great stuff. And, and moving moving on to a topic that we've talked about a little bit earlier on in the, in the pod, A League crowds, NSL like in their dwindling numbers, and uh, over the weekend, an average of just over six thousand fans to the five A League games, fifty percent, roughly fifty percent down on last season's average. Uh, with the worst being the four seven three eight at the Jets, which we talked about. I mean, there was a really interesting point that I think Mike Cockrell made on the commentary for the Brisbane against Sydney game, when he said that the corresponding fixture last year, Sydney Brisbane in in Queensland, twenty four thousand people, and yeah. there was what a touch over seven thousand there. And again, we've gone over it again and again and again. But if we had to pick one reason, guys, why we think that we're, we're suffering such a problem, what would we say it is? Or are you going to sit on the fence, Trev? Like, like I was saying earlier, that there is loads of different little reasons that are knocking people off. You know, I, I think that 
it's obviously a, a massive concern for everyone. You only have to look at how many comments this story got on our website. I've never seen so many. It's about you know nearly 350 or something. You know, the last time we left it, um, I think you know probably the most recent thing this season would be you know that novelty factor that the, you know the league's been going for a little bit now, and, and the ticket prices. I mean, uh, especially at Brisbane, where they've openly put their prices up, and we've seen you know prices double and attendance is half. Um, you know, they're not helping matters really. Hmm. That was two, two reasons. Two, I'm going to say two then, those okay. two. And if you had to pick one, um, which is one less than two. Um, I, I'm not convinced that clubs are trying hard enough to come up with ways to get fans through the door. You know, I think that is like they're all looking for the reasons um, without necessarily doing anything constructive about it. And they're, you know, oh, rugby league finals, AFL, rugby league finals, and AFL finals have been with us at this point, you know, and we've had better crowds than this. I'd like to see clubs, you know, trying to, you know, bring a friend, you know, for half price, you know discounting family tickets you know so the kids get in free little tactics like that that you don't have to commit to for the whole season mm. but one game you know one game specials to get the crowds back through the door because there's no doubt about it the quality of football on display is better than the previous four seasons absolutely but you know they, I think they just need to be a little bit more nimble and almost like you know a little bit more sort of village stall about it you know a little bit more small business you know if like if what you're currently doing is not working and your price point isn't working change it don't change it forever change it for a game you know and just some like some initiatives to try and get people through the door again and get people talking about it again I mean even in England they do you know at West Ham they do kids for a quid yeah and you know just yeah. stuff like that you know Villa do it as well you know for, for cup games that were you know like Aston Villa recently for the Cardiff game um, gave every fan that had been to the UEFA Cup game a and they knocked fest. out on away goals. <laughs> no, no, they gave they gave them a free ticket because uh-huh. they were they said, look, we know you're disappointed about going out of the, of the Europa League and in the manner that we did. Free ticket for everyone that bought a ticket to that, you know, uh-huh. for the Cardiff League Cup, and that's in the top tier of England, you know. So if, if they look have to look for for ways to, to to secure those crowds, surely that's not above. What we're doing here. Some A League teams will be giving away free tickets for the rest of the season. <laughs> I suppose it's interesting to see how Sydney get on Monday because they're doing a kids' type thing, they're doing a carnival before the game and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, I mean, well, hats off to them because at least, as yeah, you said, that's exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think that I think the afternoon kickoffs are just not working I think that you know people have got too much else to do uh, especially in the summer and leading up to the summer if we're talking about it being a family game and you know to bring your kids and your family you know I think that people are more interested in going out and doing stuff and then going to see the games at that traditional kind of 7pm 7.30 that's the way I don't mean to keep talking about Sydney but obviously live here so we see a lot of their promotion but you know the way they spun basically you know almost a whole season of Sunday afternoon kickoffs in their text was you know bring the kids along bring the family because it's not a Friday night or a Saturday night game it's a Sunday afternoon it's a day out for the family that's a good point that's fair enough and look we've run out of time we've uh, Come to the end of the section, and not all the news on the website, but just uh, touched on a few of them. But join us after the break as we'll be playing a little bit of Over Under and previewing the next round of A League games. See you then. Score a trip to the Hyundai A League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know it all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability, and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize a trip to the Hyundai A 
League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit. Now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider. Brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Welcome back to the second half of the 442 Insider podcast. And I'm rubbing my hands uh, with glee of a bit of over-under here. Putting the boys on the spot. The rules of this game is that I set the scenario and the lads will tell me whether the outcome will be over or under my assessment. If you think I'm spot on, you can push but I will ridicule you for sitting on the fence. So let's get started, lads. Um, <laughs> Hark him, eh? First, I've got my handbag up by the mic. Um, first one, over under, Trev. Perth in second place on the table by the end of Saturday. Um, I think under. Um, you know, they might do okay at home to Fury. I think I'd imagine they'd win that game, but I also fancy um, Gold Coast and Sydney. To, um, to pick up something possibly wins and, and keep them down in third so yeah, under under Andy uh, I'm going to go over because I think I think the Mariners will probably come and spoil Sydney's party with either a win or a draw uh, Gold Coast um, I think Gold Coast Gold Coast might squeeze there but I think Perth might have a, a bigger win what's the difference two goals two goals uh, maybe Right, I'm going to go over. I think Perth will be top. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Moving on. Over under. Andy, back to you again. Yeah. Over under three crowds over the ten thousand mark this weekend. <sighs> Truth be told, I think you're spot on with it, but I'm going to go under just so I'm not pushing because I, I don't want to get ridiculed. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> I think there'll obviously be more than ten thousand at Melbourne. Um, I think there'll definitely be more than ten thousand at Sydney. And I think there will be at Adelaide, but I'll say Adelaide, holiday Monday. Let's say Adelaide will be just a shade under, so I think under. Have you ever been to Adelaide? <laughs> no, I haven't. There will be 10,000 people there. <laughs> uh, Trevor, over under? Look, very, very similar answer. I think, you know, Melbourne and Sydney are locked in for, for over, and it's just about if, um, if Adelaide... Are, I might fear the ridicule and say, you know, it's gonna, you've got it exactly right. What does the ridicule involve? <laughs> 
the thing is, is they can't see that knockoff Nike T-shirt you're wearing, can they? <sighs> so um, it's not really relevant, is it? You gave it to me, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's a sackable offence. Wearing non-authentic gear. Yeah. Get your coat. Um, over under. Shane Smeltz, he's, he's a Gold Coast United striker. Um, Shane Smeltz with 10 goals after the Wellington match. Over. Hat trick. Oh. oh. Against his old team. Yep, he's had, he's had a bit of a rest for a suspension. He knows how they play. He's at home. We've got a theory about this, haven't yeah, we? No. What, what's the theory? The theory? Are you not sure? All right, maybe Andy no. will yeah, ask the, the theory is, is that who in the Wellington Phoenix team is going to kick Shane Smeltz? Just the before world. the World Cup qualifier, where he's probably their main hope of getting to a World Cup. So I think he'll be given licence to, to run around the final third and tackled. So I, I think he'll be over as well. Are you going to put some money on this, on, on Mr. Smelt scoring we a hat trick? Yeah, you've got theory. Well, you've got, you, you can bet, I know, the, uh, you could bet a hat trick to be scored in the game at some point. Itself, and it's normally about 10 to 1. Yeah. 10, 11, 12 to 1. So yeah, maybe I will have that. All right. So we're both over on that one, you two. Big time. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Over on under one penalty being retaken for the rest of the season I'm going to go over for the reason that I said earlier which is because the precedent's been set I think other referees are going to be looking for it to back their fellow referee up so I'm going to say over I reckon there'll be two during the rest of the season including finals yeah yeah I'd say two okay just to make the pod more interesting, I'll say under, because the players... I thought you were going to say you're going to walk out. <laughs> I think the players are the, going to learn. Yeah, exactly. The players will think, you know, last minute, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stay well out of the box, so under. Okay, great stuff. Trev, back to you. Over, under. Two Socceroos starting in the English Premier League this weekend. Just trying to figure this out. Yeah, so... So we've got yeah. Cahill and Schwarzer. Grella's suspended. Grella's suspended. And then Neil is probably touch and go on, on his fitness. Okay. And it's starting as well, so... And Emerton came, Emerton came on for Blackburn against Villa. And was looked, looked fine. Looked very good, yeah. So... So what, well, maybe over then? So, so what are you saying? I'm going to say over Venom because Jacko said he might be back, so... Okay. <laughs> Jacko said... Yeah, I didn't know that, so... Yeah, what are you... What yeah, are you I'll, I'll go over because I think that particularly with Grella out, I think Emerton's likely to get a start potentially for Blackburn, so I'd say... Say over. I know this isn't a place for me to get a soapbox, but I was just quite surprised when coming out with that question that really... <laughs> It was a question whether we'd have more than two players in the, in the entire Premier League starting. It's uh, it's quite a turnaround from a couple of years ago, really, isn't it? That there's only two, you know, Socceroos who are guaranteed to start. And I mean, I know Emmett's injured, but it's uh, it's it's quite an interesting change. But probably I'm the only one who thinks that. No, no, it is interesting. We were nodding, but you can't see that on pod. You can't see you can't see nods on a podcast, boys. You got to back me up here. Back to your hosting. Yeah, thanks. Uh, over under two red cards for Vinnie Grella for the rest of the season, Trev. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say under. Um, mainly because I'm not sure if he's going to be a regular start and have that as many opportunities to get sent off as, as Grella likes. Um, so yeah, under. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say under. I think, you know, I mean, I mean he's, he's not played a lot of games in the no. Premier League, so I think he's still getting to grips with the pace of it and, and what you can get away with and what you can't. And um, So I, I'm t- I'll say under. I think he'll learn from the, the game against Villa. Fair enough. Um, over under, Andy. 200 A-League appearances for the Jets' Matt Thompson. 
What's he on at the moment? 100 on the weekend. He hits. How old is he? 27. See, I'm getting it all out of the brain. 27. Well, longer seasons now. So that's a, yeah, I'm going to go over. That's yeah. another four four seasons now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go you over. reckon he can do it? The yeah. A-League's Ironman, Trev? I, I think over purely because I can't see him moving to another league. I think he's, he's suited to the A-League level and I can't see a, a, an Asian or any other sort of for him, so yeah. over. Yeah. One game he's missed in the, in the entire history and of the was suspension, wasn't it? Through suspension in uh, round 11 of the 06-07 <laughs> season. And did you notice I didn't look at my notes then? Oh, well, that. Yeah, that's very impressive. The thing is, is that... You're a good company, are you? The thing is, though, is that none of us are going to go and check that. complete and utter tosh. Right, OK, I hope you don't check it. So if anyone, if any statos are out there listening, just make sure that you check these stats. <laughs> OK. Uh, over under, Trev, five goals for Michael Bridges this campaign. I hope it's over because, um, you know, I don't mind Bridges and uh, Sir Andy was saying he looked good at Sydney before. They seem to, in the, in the Perth game, they seem to be creating, you know, a fair amount going forward. They've, they've got that new winger in as well and they'll get Rooney back. So, yeah, I, I think um, there's, there's still quite a few, you know, games to go. We've got, got to use that slightly longer season, so I think over. Hmm. Andy? Yep, I'd agree, over. I think the Jets are creating enough chances. I think that the, the, they've been lacking is a cutting edge up front, someone there. Um, so I think you'll give them that. I think you'll get more than five goals. Yeah. Final question, over under. One victory for Trevor and Andy combined over me in FIFA 10. Well... New game that's out today. Seeing as you just dropped it in, in the break, that you hid the fact that you were sent a copy yesterday... For fear of being overruled by me to take it home last night. <laughs> Considering that you've got a march on everyone. It's a poor show. Poor show. Thought this was a team. <laughs> See, the thing you're is... You're choking like, up, then. You're upset, aren't you? Gutted. So what's your answer? Do you think, like, well, we can get into it and I can yeah. tell you a bit about how it plays because I've, I've played it, boys. But um, do you think you're over one victory? Uh, pr- probably under because I've only recently... Transferred from from Ooh, do, from being from a dark side, yeah, from from, from being pro back into FIFA. So I'm still, and I, I do prefer FIFA now, but I'm still kind of getting used to it and doing the odd clear for a goal and doing a cross and stuff, you know, stuff like that. They're the best. The, the yeah. best. The best news I've had all week is the weather forecast of rain on Sunday because <laughs> my missus works on a Sunday. And no, <laughs> normally, I'm left with this to do list around the house that involves like the garden, so that if it's raining. All bets are off. Brilliant. <laughs> FIFA, here we come. Yeah, FIFA. Yeah, well, no, it's, a, it's a really good game. I, I, I kind of equate it to that kind of, like, upgrading a mobile phone, is that you, you, you really... Th- there's not a lot of big differences in it, but there's enough in it to make you want to buy it, and that kind of factor of just getting the new teams, the new players... Gold all the Coast signings. and stuff like I mean, that. I mean, played, I played Tottenham West Ham yesterday, and Tottenham had Modric out... And Cranchar in the starting lineup, so it was that new in the sense that they knew that Modric was injured, and they put Cranchar in there. Um, very realistic because a ten-man Tottenham scored on West Ham, and uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, putting myself in the Villa team again. <laughs> Forty goals at 40 least. Forty years old, still create myself. What about the, the the face thing? That sounds great. Scanning a picture of your own face to put it on a player. Yeah, Does it look good? Me that. I just, I just, <laughs> I just love the fact that you can you can choose if you've got a common name like Jackson. I don't know if Trahan's in there, but you, you've got a list of names. So when you create yourself as a player, it just, the commentary recognises you. So it's 
It's that little bars like Agbonahor into Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. That's great, lads. Well, look, we'll, uh, we'll keep the listeners posted on our uh, league table of FIFA victories if the lads actually get the game. And um, yeah. sorry, a magazine plug that we always like to get in for the upcoming issue interview with Cahill. Oh, um, yes, of course. About, he's, he's a big player, he's, he's into it. He's on the cover, isn't he? Yeah. The first Australian on the cover. But like I interviewed him, sometimes you interview, you know, footballers that have sort of put their hand sponsor and they don't know anything about the product. But Speaking to Kay, who genuinely does play, it. and it was quite funny what he said. He plays it, you know, with his with his two young kids, and he's got, you know, one has to be Everton and one has to be Australia, and they like to hack down their dad so that they can see his face close up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say it was um, it was a really good interview because we kind of, uh, you know, stuck to the game and and the other stuff quite quite rigidly, and rather than talking to him about the the Socceroos and soccer Everton roos. again. So yeah, he's a, a good sport as well. Yeah, to me, so he, he knows the game, so. It's really good. So yeah, check that out in the in the next issue of four four two. But that's uh, all we've got time for in this one. I hope you were suitably entertained. Uh, join us after the break as we uh, review all the games from this week. See you then. Score a trip to the Hyundai A League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know it all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability, and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize. A trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seat to the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit. Now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games and safe secure accommodation in Johannesburg just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once in a lifetime experience but you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast, and we're into the home stretch now. We've been uh, stretching out our calves and uh, quads and whatever else we have that needs stretching. Ears. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, previewing round nine of the A League. Only two points separating first and seventh position in the league. And the first game, this coming Friday, Gold Coast against Wellington Phoenix up in the Gold Coast, 8 o'clock kickoff. I suppose the big storyline is Smelts against his old team. How do we see this one panning out? I'm sure he'll do a Tevez celebration like he did when he scored against uh, West Ham. Not, not quite there respect. will be many Phoenix fans there to... to <laughs> no, true, actually. ...clasp yeah. his hands in front of. <laughs> um, you'd fancy the Gold Coast here. It'd be very surprising for them uh, 
not to sort of you know get back on track regardless of who they're playing. Wellington look you know reasonably solid without kind of looking at imaginative going forward to to cause problems. Um, so yeah, I think the Gold Coast a lot of pressure. Wellington to put people behind the ball, but Gold Coast to edge them out. Is there a bit of pressure on the Gold Coast to to get a good? Entertaining because the, the the kind of they've gone off the boil and maybe the hype of uh, you know I remember Aiden saying a few weeks ago about how they're the best team he's ever seen play in Australia and you know it, it's oh, hopefully he said that or he will kill me but you know do they need another another good result to to reestablish themselves as darlings of the A League? Um, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I think they just they just need to get back to winning. I'm not sure it's going to bring the crowds back because the crowds weren't there when it looked like they were going to go through the whole season undefeated, which they did for about two or three games. Um, I think the Gold Coast have shown that they're just another top half A League team, you know, eminently beatable. Um, that's given a belief to the other teams, which at the start of the season they might have questioned that. Um, so, I mean, it, the, the, the best stat, I think, for the A-League at the moment is two points between the top seven sides. You know, it's fantastic. You know, so it's all there to play for for every team. You know, we've got Perth that we'll talk about next. We've got a chance of going top. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Gold Coast need to get winning again for no other reason than they need, to, they need the points. And do mm-hmm. we think that, that our theory has any... Uh any basis in fact do you think they go easy on smelts or do you do you think that I think it'll be a combination of that but also there's a lot of Kiwis in the Wellington team who've probably got the biggest two games of their lives coming up you know when was the last time New Zealand won the World Cup 82, 82 yeah. you know it's the sort of thing that happens once in a lifetime for New Zealand and they've got a, a very good chance of doing that yeah. against Bahrain you know so I think that in the back of your mind it can't help but play in your mind you know, so if there's a 40-60 ball where you might go for it, you're probably not going to. Yeah. Let's be honest, you're human. So I, I think that yeah, I think that's probably one of the the downsides of the, the playoffs falling where they are where we might see Phoenix's form dip a little bit yeah. just a side point on, on saying how close the league is and you know, there's only two points separating first and seventh I think that makes the crowds even more frustrating for me because yeah. it's not like a load of teams being cut off and a load of teams doing what everyone's in with a shout it's you know the standard's better the league's closer and the crowds are worse yeah we're moving on to uh, Perth, who always seem to have a good core of fans, no matter what happens uh, on the pitch. Playing for the first time in their history to be uh, sole possession of first spot. They're actually sitting in first spot now, but sharing that with Gold Coast. They face North Queensland Fury at the ME Bank Stadium, which I saw when I went to Perth. And stadium's a very uh, interesting term for that. And it's just like four temporary stands on stilts, really, when I drove past it. But... Um, how do we see that going? Can, can Perth push on and get, get into that first, first spot against the struggling Fury? Uh, yeah, I think they can. I, I mean, as, as we talked about earlier, I think if Talley's back for Queensland, then that gives them a real chance. Um, if he's not, then I think they'll struggle. Um, I think they'll struggle to get any sort of, um, sort of real quality possession in the final third. Perth have looked... You know, bar the Brisbane going pretty strong at the back you know, Coyne and Todd a um, lot of experience there um, sort of no messing as well they, they can put their foot through it when they need to both yep. ball and player um, so I think they're, they're not going to give a lot away so I think Perth will uh, I think Perth will win that Good team at home as well Perth aren't they? Yeah Exactly yeah, I think it would be a huge surprise if Fury go there and win um, I'd be surprised if they get a point as well you fancy Perth really good at home and I think they'll probably be quite happy with those those two sort of away wins that they, they managed to snatch um, previously so yes yeah, I think it's all about Perth there. Yeah. 
Then uh, Melbourne victory against Brisbane Raw at the Etihad Stadium. This game's always traditionally a, a bit of a barnstormer, really, when they play up against each other. Do we expect some fireworks, more of the same? Yeah, it should be, you know, should be a big game um, in a number of ways. I think, you know, Muscat's back now for Melbourne. They're, they've won the last two games. Uh, it's the first Melbourne home game outside the AFL season, you know, so hopefully we'll see a, a return. Because even Melbourne have been, you know, down on where they've been. Admittedly, yeah. they're still getting 17,000, 18,000, but they've been getting 17,000, 18,000 where they have been getting 23, 24 as an average. So hopefully that will see them come back. Um, yeah, it's normally a good game, normally Tiato and trying to um, compete for, for who's top dog, so I'm sure we'll see that again. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think I'm going to tip Brisbane to, to go and upset there. Brisbane are such a hard team to, to call what they're going to do. You're never really sure you know, who's going to show up. And, and, and Melbourne are beginning to look a little bit like how we expect Melbourne to play. Um, they've already played this, yeah, this I, fixture, you know right? I was just about to say, this was like the cracking 3-0, wasn't it? 3 all. It's weird the way the draws come this season. In, in the, Brisbane are playing Melbourne away for the second time before they've played them at home. Yeah. You know, and also before they've played other teams. I mean, Sydney haven't played Perth yet. Yeah, mm. they've played North Queensland. Or Gold Coast, have they? No, yeah, yeah. They've not played They've not played Perth at all. Yeah, they've played North Queensland twice, which is yeah. a, it's a bit of a weird way of doing it, but... Trev, how do you see this? Oh, one Melbourne. Going? I thought I, Melbourne. Think, I think Melbourne. Yeah, they, they looked a lot more reassured with with Muscat coming back in and that that back three we were talking about last week. So yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't had Sydney Melbourne yet, have we? No, no. no. Uh, then the next game is on Monday the 5th some local backwater league's got some final going on on the Sunday <laughs> yeah. so um, the games are on Monday the long weekends and the first game 3 o'clock Sydney FC against Central Coast the some motorway derby that I can't remember yeah. the, the name of and yeah the grand final rematch from season 1 if we're clutching at some well, kind of link there's a real history of great results in this one or certainly a lot of goals and certainly great defending but I think it was last season wasn't it Matt Simon that managed to drag him was it Sydney three up and then it was it was three or at full time so yeah I'd, I'd hope we, we talked about the kids carnival and, and stuff beforehand so that might be worth, that might be better than the you. game yeah you just um, saw free pies and went Trev starring in it yeah got... first 500 people um, free pies I'm not sure if they've got what was any that? vegetarian options but um, first 500 people uh, get a free pie it's worth considering you'd be annoyed drag, if it's one of those drag myself away from FIFA if you, it's one of those little party pies when you get there yeah, you you're going really to come in with a false nose and glasses and come in back <laughs> again come in for a second four or one. five disguises a little wig <laughs> hello I'd like another pie please <laughs> because that's how he speaks but um, on, to the, on to the football how do you see that one going um I think it'll be tight. I mean, the, the game up at... Again, these guys have already played each other up at um, Gosford. So I think that's well, pretty tight. Um, so, yeah, I think Aloisi's got a bit of motivation to get back for this against his old side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, it was, as we talked about, Sydney, I think, need him. Um, obviously, no Kofi Dallin for Sydney. Um, I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw. You know, two high or three all. I think, yeah... Um, um, I think Sydney might edge them out actually 2-1 they'll have two shots on goal and they'll go in that's what <laughs> Sydney normally do at home so 2-1 OK and the final game of the round again on Monday 4.30 local time 5 o'clock on the east coast Adelaide United at Newcastle Jets mm. Mm. Um, 
I was, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about Branko Kalina the other day. I don't mean like that. But um, was it I, when you got paid and you went, oh, God, <laughs> Branko? Is that all it is? <laughs> it's just me and Branko, poorest paid people in football. <laughs> he, um, he had that little outburst, you know, um, after the Sydney game that we all know about, and he, he kind of had an, another one after the Perth one. He looks, you know, like you would be really, really frustrated, but really under pressure. We know it's a tough job, but if you watch him on the bench and you listen to him after games, it's like he's got, you know, the weight of the world on his shoulders and I'm not saying it's not a tough job but he seems to be taking it harder than everyone else he, he was saying that he got a letter from a Sydney FC fan after the Sydney game saying how well they played and um, this was after the match and he was saying he, he read it out to, to rally the troops before the Perth game so that worked well didn't it because they <laughs> went out and played the same and lost yeah. so um, I think if, if they go there and um, do the same again I'm a little bit worried about his, uh, his blood pressure but he'll, they'll still be missing um, you know Rooney and, and Hoffman um, I mean his, his bridge is going to be bridge is going to be fit to play I think they're talking about whether he's going to get a clearance in time, yeah, time. trying to rush it through Pro- probably not Adelaide looked a lot better last week mm. um, Adelaide 1-0 it'd be a classic Adelaide isn't that the isn't that their catchphrase Adelaide one 0 we're all about one nil. yeah I saw, I saw something that, that did make me chuckle in one of those sort of you know, shock horror. There was something about um, Sasha Petrovsky and Michael Bridges and a couple of the other sort of forward players for Newcastle staying behind and doing some extra training on shooting. Mm. It's like shock horror and forward practices finishing. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, what do you expect? Branko praising their commitment. You know, it's like, guys, oh, that's that your bit, job. Is that a bit of spin there? Oh, perhaps, no, that, you know, maybe we should read a dictionary chart um, or something like I that. The <laughs> theme of Adelaide. I haven't really set the world on fire at home so far and they've had, what, five games at home and, and only two wins. So I think Newcastle will probably look at their performance away at Sydney and their performance last week in that they probably deserved better than they got from both games. And so he'll probably just say, look, let's just keep playing the way we are. We've got every chance of going there and, and getting a result. And I think Bridges, if he, if he does get the clearance, will just give everything a little bit of a lift. Um, and also, you know, pretend it, it takes the spotlight off a few of the other guys that mm. maybe have been underperforming. Vignaroli has shown touches but probably not delivered to Groot hasn't really shown what, what we hoped that he would show. So maybe Bridges coming in and the headlines being about Bridges for a week maybe takes pressure off the other players that then means they can go out and when everyone's looking at Michael Bridges, they can up their game. So yeah. um, I'll probably tip Newcastle to go there and win, I think. Fair enough. Well, that's uh, round nine in preview. And uh, just wanted to mention on Wednesday, the newest edition of our magazine is on sale. Please buy it and keep <laughs> us in a job. Number four. We'd like you all to buy yeah. it because it's a fantastic issue. In this issue, we've got the aforementioned uh, interview with Tim Cahill, the new face of FIFA 10. We've got an interview, an exclusive Australian interview with Ryan Giggs. I was very excited about doing that. I, I did it around a mate's house because I, I was in Melbourne and he now uh, claims that Ryan Giggs has been to his house because he called, <laughs> he called me on the house number. <laughs> that, that's a pretty cool thing to do, isn't it? You know, sorry, mate. I'm, you know, got to get on the phone to Giggsy. To it Giggsy. was like I did it Did you purpose. say Giggsy or did you say Ryan Af- Giggs? Afterwards, I said Giggsy because I knew what did you call him oh Ryan I was respectful Ryan Mr Giggs not Mr Giggs Uh, no that would be weird wouldn't it and uh Feature is a, is a really good feature. 14 page special on the Madrid versus Barcelona rivalry, the red hot rivalry, which is obviously heating up now because of uh, 
Cristiano Ronaldo and the, the Galacticos part two and uh, Ibrahimovic at Barso and yeah it's a great piece and then for, the, for those people that, that are familiar with Sid Lowe and The Guardian you know, he, he's written the majority of that and it's a really you know for someone that's, that's there day in day out it's a real interesting I was reading it on the train this morning you know real insight into where the rivalry comes from not just about the rivalry now but where it's come from over the last sort of 40 or 50 years so anyone that's interested in, in that, the big rivalries in international football should read that great stuff so you know go into your mum's purse take some money do, do whatever you can to buy this issue uh, that's all we've got time for this week uh, thanks very much to Simon for twiddling our knobs as usual and uh, don't forget you can listen to us on the interpipe at au.442.com or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks very much for listening and don't forget to check back next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.